going on, everybody? It's your boy, Rail, back with another review, man. This is Sons of Anarchy Season 2, Episode 8. Oh, yeah. Now, this one was a hell of an episode. This one is like the perfect Episode 8 because it is like uh, it's going on that roller coaster ride to where we're reaching the climax because we only got a couple episodes left before the finale. So they are showing you the proverbial shit hitting the fan right now. First thing I saw I want to point out is Jackson Tara. Now, their relationship has been on the rocks, right? They didn't even know what the fuck they were. Now they're cemented in a relationship. And Tara is learning how to become an old lady, right? That's what we're seeing. And she's, uh, you know, with the tutelage of Gemma, which I don't know if you want her to teach you shit but i mean <laughs> she's been doing it for years and i don't know if it worked out for old john teller having her as an old lady so you know that goes you know take that with a grain of salt but this episode they were um jacks finally let her all the way in like he's been letting her know certain truths he's been omitting some shit though he let he definitely lets her know some like shocking shit but she he never lets tara know all of anything. So that's one thing to keep a, a eye on. But this one, he allowed her to read his father's uh, manifesto or unpublished novel or whatever the fuck. His, his book of thoughts, whatever you want to call it. Now, Tara comes back talking about she finished it. And now she sees what Jax's whole thing is. His devotion to the club. What and he's a he's letting her know like hey, I'm trying to change this motherfucker, but it's gonna come at a hefty cost, and it's gonna be blood involved. So he just letting it letting it be known, letting her know what type of time he on. So as far as I'm concerned, the slate is clean. Everything that comes Tara's way, she got the heads up. She got the book. She got the knowledge, and she know that Jax is a super gangster. I ain't gonna lie to you, Jax was a extra OG this episode. One, he was like, look, this club is like my child. I love this shit. I wanted nothing more than a Harley and a cut at the age of five. So he been wanting to gang gang his entire adolescent life. And it comes into full fruition when they got to go on the mission, right? So there's two different missions going on this episode. So we're going to stick to the Jax one because I'm already talking about Jax and his high gangsterism, right? So, hey, we got a problem with Kara Kara. We pull up. Lila needs Opie there. Now, this is also Jax's introduction to Lila and Opie's relationship. Because Jax and Opie obviously ain't been the best of friends. And it's even been pointed out by Bobby when they were having that little secret meeting before Jax even came in the room. Bobby was sitting everybody down like, look, man, that fight up at County was necessary. It was brutal. But... You know, ever since Donna and Opie's like, you think this is all over Donna? He's like, nah. And then Tig hurry up and jumps in like, no, this was happening way before Donna. Like, no, let's not ask no more Donna questions. Like, zip that up. I was like, yeah, Tig, well, you really played that smooth. But Bobby doesn't know what it's about, but he knows it's deep rooted and it's a real fucking problem. Like people throwing out suggestions like. Well, J Jax wants to go in a different direction with the club, and if that's the beef, that's a healthy beef. But what's happening now is not healthy. And I also would like to put a side note that Bobby this season has been slowly becoming 
like my favorite character <clears throat> of this season. I like I really like Bobby. He has stepped into a position of what's best for the club and he can uh differentiate his loyalty and respect that he has for Clay cuz they've been so tight for so many years to the new blood of Jax. Because Bobby is not the old guy that is like, "Oh, all you kids with your hibbity hop and doing all this." Like Bobby is weirdly down for change. And it's unlike most older men. Like, once you reach a certain age as a man, you're pretty much what you're fucking getting. All right? I like this music. I like to fuck in this position. I like to eat this. All right? I don't give a fuck if it kills me, whatever. I'm too goddamn old to change. I'm not working out. It's over. Right? That That's like 98% of men once they reach a certain age. Whether it be whether their habits are good or bad, they it just is what it is. But with Bobby, he is like that two percent. He's like the uh, he's like the Varus of the Suns world. Like he's knowledgeable, he keeps his ear to the ground, and he's fluid. Whatever's best for the club, he's fucking with, you know. But he also needs peace. He's trying to figure out. He's trying to be a mediator. Now the only thing keeping me from like proclaiming Bobby as my guy is the fact that he is piping out Otto's wife like Luann like that is just I'm not gonna that's unforgivable the man is locked up he only had one eye now he ain't got that shit and nobody loves nobody more than Otto loves Luann and everybody in the club knows that now when she first came on to Bobby, right, trying to hide the, the numbers from the club, what they really owe, with the extreme guac guac 3,000, you know what I'm saying? I can understand a man being, like, a victim of the flesh. Like, we all got that. Like, I, how do I tell a porn star that I don't want head? Like, how do I? Like, this is not, like, I can understand, right? So I would have let that fly. That was still dirty. But she was very aggressive, and a man is a man. You know what I'm saying? So, but the fact that him and Luann look like they've been going at it for some time, like that little conversation they had, like, oh, see you later, when they were in Kara Kara, like, yeah, no. Now, it, it's one thing to make a mistake one time. I could damn near overlook it. It's still dirty. It's still nasty behavior. But... Continuously piping out a man who is blind, a man's wife who's blind and, and holding a club down from inside prison, and he seems to be the only fucking son locked up. I was like, damn. So that's nasty, Bobby. And because of that, and Article 1, verse 13 of uh, the man book, thou shalt pipeth thy man's wife on numerous occasions. You know, I can't, I can't get behind you on that one, man. I can't do it. So that excludes Bobby. But, you know, Bobby had it going for him. But I can't I can't take this. That was just too much. That's just too dirty. But anyway, so, yeah. So Jack sees that relationship between Opie and Luann. I mean, Lila. It's too many fucking L's. So he's a little curious about that. But they come to find out that Georgie done stole, then murdered the dog. Okay, Georgie's lost his fucking mind. He murdered the guard dog and stole the laptop. Now... No matter what else they did, took money, whatever, that don't mean shit. Apparently, 
this uh, unedited films is worth way more than anything. The shit that's in that laptop is worth too much. And we know through Kanye's, or I should say Ye's, what happened when his cousin stole his laptop. Laptop theft is huge. It has everything on it, okay? You can hold it at a very good bounty. So in true fashion, they go and return it. Now, we also have the return of Chucky, right? So we get more information um, on Clay's side. So Clay uh, linking up with the Asians to find out that, yo, the Mayans are pressing their ass. They losing, and they need AKs, okay? They need guns and willing to pay double the price so they can fire back on these motherfuckers, right? Now, but what they were throwing into the little pie was that we're going to give you Chucky. So our boy Chucky is back, the supreme jerker himself, all right? Only that he can't do it anymore. The Asians got fucking fed up and chopped off his fingers. Now, what I find irritating about the return of Chucky is that he got them bogus-ass O.J. Simpson-ass isotoner gloves on. And you can blatantly see his folded-up fingers in there with just these two digits out. I'm like, you couldn't have got my man a bigger glove. Like, it just... It's so irritating. Because now every time I see Chucky, I just see his poor fucking eight fingers smushed into these tight-ass gloves. And I'm like, is he getting properly paid for this? You know how sweaty and nasty and sore your fingers are? Who knows how long he's on set? And it's not like it's easy to just fucking throw these things over knuckles. So I'm just watching this like, this is bad. This is bad. Like, it definitely gets better down the road. With his whole deform his deformity, like taking the fingers off. Um but Clay didn't want his ass. I don't blame Clay. But Tig felt bad for him. Now, I want to pose y'all a question. Tig Why would why do y'all think Tig showed uh Chucky so much grace? When he was like, No, man, they chopped off his fingers, he can't jerk off, like that's fucked up. Like they're gonna kill him, like, oh, let's just take him. Why do y'all think he did that? Me Tig is such a nasty dude. I think he doesn't give a shit about Chucky's life. Like, the threat of him getting murdered, this is my thoughts. I don't think he cared that his life was on the line. I think think Tig only felt sorry for the man that he couldn't jerk off. And Tig is like, no man should not be able to pleasure himself. Like, that's fucked up. So we got to take this guy with us. Because I couldn't imagine a life where I can't touch on myself. That's just me. That's how I feel Tig's relationship with Chucky is. Like, why why he felt sad for him. I, pro- I don't know. But I feel like I'm on point with that one. But uh, either way, Chucky's there. And he goes on that mission with uh, Jax, Opie, and Bobby. So they go. They run down on Georgie. Take the laptop. Destroy Georgie shit. Georgia was ready to plug their ass with the pistol. I don't, you know what I don't like? That's another thing I didn't like. But it makes sense. It makes sense. What I'm about to say, it, you know, it's going to be contradictory. It's going to be contradictory to what I said. But at some point, you know, I don't give a fuck. So, this is a motorcycle club. And oftentimes, when a man pulling a gun out on you, trying to murder you, firing shots in the office, why... Do they leave that man alive? Like, why wouldn't you kill his ass right there? Like, he tried to shoot you. But I understand Jack's not murdering the little Nazi boys for trying to kill him. They're children. And and they don't know no better. And you're strangers. You broke into my house. 
So shots should fire off. I'm totally with that. But this grown-ass man who murdered a dog, who you've constantly threatened. This is not Georgie's first threatening. This is the third threatening, okay? Georgie, from three threatenings, don't give a fuck. I was trying to make it into three, try to do a whole three thing, but I totally underestimated don't give a fuck is four words. But don't give a... No, well, I fucked it up. Don't give a fuck. Georgie clearly doesn't care. So at what point do you say, okay, Georgie won't stop. He just tried to murder me. He murdered the dog. He's been threatening girls. He's he's a nuisance that we cannot keep chasing down. Let's just kill him. Why wouldn't they do that? But again, they threaten him for a third time. Like, he's clearly not getting a message. And he's talking tough to Jax. He's like, y'all don't understand. Y'all think this is done? Like a fucking, like a, a, a 80s movie villain. You think you could get away? You think this is over? Like, I always, like, just murder this dude. Just murder him. He's threatening still. He's telling you. He's not done. He's not going to stop. Like, I, whatever. So they destroy his shit, take their shit back, and leave him alive. Now, where the contradiction comes in is, I would say they're dumb if they were to murder Georgie in that room. Because, A, it's a film set, so there's nothing but cameras around. B, they're all on fucking parole (laughs) for gun charges. Like, if they go back, they're fucked. You know what I'm saying? So, murdering them, murdering Georgie there probably isn't the best look. But I still want it done. Okay? Get on your gangster shit. Now... Jackson, I'm going to go find out about this whole, the Asians losing, this, the Mayans, the Mayans moving up, they stepping up in the world. So he want to go holler at um, Leroy, see what's going on. So he goes to the old stumping ground, finds that it's now a Mayans hangout. I was like, damn, the Mayans on that bullshit for real. So they go, they wait for Alvarez because they can't leave. And Alvarez lets this motherfucker know, hey, Tell Clay that bullshit truce is over. We ain't going for none of that. And drop your cut. Now, this is this is super Jax. This is super gangster Jax right here. I got to say, I looked at him and I said, well, goddamn. This man does not fuck around. He said, hey, cool, but no, you're not getting my cut. You want to take it off my dead body, bitch. You just might as well shoot me. I ain't coming up off this. And I said, damn, not me. That's how I know I ain't no super gangster. Because I'm like, okay. We're in here, we're outgunned, ain't no truce, wants to murder me. The least, I'm sure we got plenty of vest. Like, come on. This ain't the only one. Like, we got vest on order. Like, I could get new patches. I could sew some new shit on. Yeah, fucking take the vest. That's where, that's where me and Jax differ in our gangsterism. Clearly, I'm not on that level. Because Jax was ready to die behind his shit. I'd be like, boy, you can take this leather. I don't give a fuck. Cool, take this, we're out. You know what I'm saying? But Jax wasn't going. You was going to have to get it in blood. So I was like, damn, I respect that. I respect that. So if any of y'all that are watching this was like, you know what? I think Rail would be a good addition to our biker gang. Don't. Nope. I wouldn't if I was you. <laughs> that would send me an invite. I'm not going to hold it down like you and your crew hold it. If y'all going down behind the fucking leather vest, you might as well save your invite. Rail's not good enough. I'm coming up off your vest. Alright, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm taking the vest off. The motherfucker threatened me with the, the, guns to my face. Take this vest. I got, hey, I'm sorry. Here, take the vest. So, 
Alvarez is like, okay, cool, I'm gonna murder your ass. But Bobby comes in and says, hold on, murdering the mother chapter's VP? You got the gunpowder for that? Like, because we're all gonna come. It's not gonna stop here, my dog. So, is this the move you wanna make? Bobby come in the clutch and Alvarez ends up spitting on it. But they get out of there. Now, that's the end of their mission, right? Now, we got Clay in them. Clay is going to see the Irish dude, well, the Irish guy's son, about the AKs. They want to sell. They want to get double the money. So they pulled up on him unannounced. He comes out spitting some bullshit about how he sold them already, and I ain't give you the names of people. But Clay read the room pretty well. Once they, once they left out, they was like, yes, the guns are in there. Okay, he's bullshitting. And they are working with Zobel, which goes back to my motherfucker should have snitched. So now I did the gun, the handgun running for you so I could get the AKs. Not only are you not giving me the AKs like we agreed and promised, you selling them to the ops, like, and not just any ops, not the Mayans. I could probably be like, whatever, Mayans, whatever. Not the Niners. Yeah, Niners. Well, I, we've, we've all did that push and pull, touch and go shit with these different clubs. I can understand. But Zobel and the white nationalists? Those are the super ops. These ain't regular motherfuckers. These are cold, calculated, political figures out there on that bullshit. And they're smarter. So now you give my guns to motherfuckers that already got me locked up and blinded my man, did way more damage than any biker gang has done to them in two seasons. I'm snitching. I don't give a fuck. Another reason why y'all shouldn't give me a fucking invitation to your biker gang there's a high value chance i might snitch i don't know man i'm too old you should have called me back in my like teenage years i would have been a gangster for you 20s at the the age of 35 with these kids this mortgage nigga i'm telling (laughs) i'm telling my guys know like if i get in the car with them they know they take it, and they know none of that shit is mine, and they, they good dudes, though. They gonna go down for all the shit that's theirs. Ain't gonna be no silence. They like, nah, real, uh-uh. Nah, they know. I, so my people put me in a position where I don't even have to snitch. So if that's the type, you need to talk to your people. But yeah, nah, that, no. I would've told on the fucking Irish and just worked out my gun connect another way. You was not finna sell to Zobel and them. But okay, they got it. So Clay got half sack, who should not be called full sack right he got the ball transference he's good no more half sack what's his real name now it's full sack full sack is to lay on him and figure out what his guns going and we see zobel's daughter in there and she's smashing on the little irish dude i gotta say and i'm not proud of myself right i'm not proud i'm not proud of the things i'm about to say but zobel's daughter She's a bad motherfucker, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. I know she's a little racist. I know she hates me and all my people and our history and everything that comes with our culture and many other people's. I know. I know. But whoo! That girl fire. Arguably the best looking woman yet on Sons of Anarchy. So I just gotta... would I give that little racist a shot? I don't know. I got black kids, but I'm a victim. I don't know. Would I play slave, slave master? I don't know. 
I don't know. No, I'm fucking. <laughs> well, I'm like, nigga, it didn't kill me. Like, real, you ain't shit. Like, yeah, you right. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. But she fired, though. So, but she's still, you can see that she's asking about who's this, uh, what's the name he used? Joey? Jo- we know there's a, a super Irish that's over all of them. And he's the one that the, 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 the son and the father scared of. So they're doing a deal with Zobel and them behind the head muckety mucks back. That's really for the sons. So that seems like that's going to be a fucking issue. Right. So they claim them. They follow the guns. They have a shootout. They leave with no guns. Right. So another failed mission. Surprisingly, it was a clay led mission. Who would have seen that coming? I don't know. Any one of us. Uh, good news came out of this, though, before we wrap this up. Chibs is alive and well. And he has an ambiguously ethnic wife. I, I didn't. When when you get introduced and say, oh, this is Chibs' wife, I was like, hmm, this is a curious character. Like, they, you know, there's a lot of nigger this, nigger that. And I'm like, what's your wife, though? Is the and, and I, I, but maybe she's Jamaican or something. Maybe I don't, I don't know. I don't know. She's she's very tanned. Hair's a little curly, but she, I don't know what she got going on. I don't know. Maybe she doesn't fall in the classification. I don't know. But we do know one thing. Gemma is terrified of this woman, and anybody that Gemma is openly terrified about is somebody we need to look out for. Because Gemma don't fear nobody, especially no woman. She ain't never been afraid of no woman. She will bring the drama to a woman's front door immediately. But this woman, she's fucking nervous about sharing that with Tara. Tara also shared with Gemma that her boss is on the ass, so there's limited things she could do. So in Gemma fashion, because she's trying to get close to Tara, like they have a thing now. So now she presses Tara's boss in the elevator. <laughs> and then Tara gets served some papers for some gangster shit. Now, this is all surrounded around this dinner, right? So now, Gemma wants this dinner to heal the club. But before I get into that, uh, I wanted to discuss quickly that conversation between Clay and Gemma, the beginning of the episode, and also Clay with that, uh, can't think of the guy's name that owns all the land and uh, Charming. But Gemma... And Clay are discussing the fight that happened in prison. And Jim was asking, was it over Donna? Right? And he's like, it's about a lot of shit. And But what Clay tells her is, yo, I thought I could reach Jax. I can't. He's got too much of his dad in him. That standing up to me shit. And then Jim says, so what you gonna do about that? Uh, we'll let it see. So to me, that's a dark-ass conversation. Because... We we don't know exactly what happened to John, but when he says that he's got all like he's got too much of his father in him that going against me, that lets us know two things. John went against Clay, challenged him, and John's no longer alive. So I don't think we gotta put too much together. And the fact that Jim was trying to cover up everything seems like she had a lot to, to assist in that process. And now if Jax is showing too much of his father and pressing the line like his father did, you're, this is his mom right here. And does it seem like to you that Gemma's down 
to have to murder Jax. Like, she tried everything she can, but if Jax got to get killed, so everything could remain status quo. And is it for the money? Is it just for the money that we doing all this? So, I don't know. That was a dark conversation that I, it could have been overlooked, but uh, I was there for it. And now we see Clay with the dude with the, all the land that bailed him out. Now he's running for mayor, so now the Suns look like they're about to start getting into politics. So that's something to watch out for as well. But yeah, so now the potluck is finally here. And there's beef between Tiggs and Bobby. But Tig is feeling the way because Clay don't trust Tig to get the job done no more. And Bobby is holding shit down. He's being a solid dude. So I feel like Tig is just extra aggressive toward Bobby for doing what he's supposed to be doing. So Tig is acting like a real hater at this dinner. And then we got both sides screaming about, where was y'all at? We got two people in the hospital. It was a shootout. I didn't see nobody get shot. Who has ended up in the hospital? It was a whole shootout and nobody got clipped. Like, everybody that was at the shootout is there at the dinner. So I don't know what the fuck Clay was talking about. I'm like, well, what two dudes are hospitalized? I'm confused. And then Jackson them is telling them, like, yo, we was out here working. Fuck is you talking about? Like, we was we had problems with care care, had to get some get back. Alright. And we was trapped behind Mayans enemy lines. Like the fuck? We had our own shit. So now both sides is beefing, and in walks hell with the news that Luann got beat to death with a baseball bat left there. And what do you know? I wonder who did that. Could it be Georgie, who we just let live? So when Clay pressed uh, Jax about that shit, like, this is your fault. The get back for the club, like, it is 100% Jax's fault. He did this, and he let Georgie live, and these are the ramifications. Now Otto's wife is dead. Who the fuck is about to go explain that shit to Otto? That was seemed to be the only thing that kept Otto solid behind bars. And they lost a dear friend. Jim was all choked up and fucked up about it. But her little evil-ass tear ducts ain't even dropped no tears. Like, she's just, like, a cold woman. You know? And, yeah, it seems to be a big fight. And then Jack screaming, I'm not the one killing women! And then that's when she smashed a plate. I said, ooh, the tea is about to spill it over. Jack said, fuck it. I was like, damn, that's gonna be a goodie. That's gonna be a goodie. Uh, is there anything else I missed? Tara talking shit to, uh, Lu- uh, Layla. La- I felt like I've been saying her name right. Yeah, we're talking about serving hand jobs for dessert. I don't know. She's just misplaced anger. And that would—that's a weird con. Like that'd be a weird conversation to have. Like, how can Opie just come to this man's like, bro? Could you tell your girlfriend to stop talking shit to my girlfriend? Like, that'd be great. Like, that's a weird conversation for men to have. Ladies, stop putting your man in them weird predicaments with their friends. Like, that's crazy. But, yeah, it's it's at a full peak at this point. And I thought that was a perfect way to end the episode. With Jack screaming, I'm not the one out here killing women. Because everybody heard him. And somebody's going to want to ask questions about, well, what women have been killed? There's only one I know about. There's Donna. So... So episode nine should be a goodie. Uh, but yeah, with that, protect your health, your self, your wealth, man. Oh, who do I? Oh, ranking this episode. Sorry, guys. Giving this one a nine. Really enjoyed this. Really enjoyed this. And who I got one in this episode? Ooh, I'm going to have to go with... I'll have to go with Jax. 
Jax won this episode for me. I want to go with Bobby. It was a tie. It was a flip up between Bobby and Jax. But Jax was just too gangster with Alvarez and him. He was just too willing to die, die behind that shit. You gotta, you gotta give a man something for that, right? So I'm gonna win this episode to Jax. And with that, protect your health, yourself, your wealth. Your boy Rill is out of here, man. Peace. Yo, I know I don't need no introduction, but y'all know who it is, man. It's your boy, Hollywood Rail, And I appreciate you for sliding through and watching these videos. But you know what I need from you? All right, if you ain't already, I need you to like this and subscribe this, man. We at 1,000 trying to get to two, all right? Push it for your boy. Get them algorithms up. So when it comes to that subscribe button...